I am nothing but hold everything. No tongue but always speaking. You know the No Love Club? I quit. Better off keeping what you got than searching for something you ain't gonna find. No time for celebrating. We ain't done nothing yet. <laughs> I'm glad that three out of four won't work, Leo. <laughs> it's Outer Banks, season three. Welcome to the Center Cut. I'm Cleo. And I'm also Cleo, apparently. (laughs) Apparently. And today we have another installment in the Center Cut Out series. Sometimes it's Lander. Sometimes it's Ur-Range. But today it's Ur-Banks. Look at all these hot middle-aged teens. (laughs) Middle-aged teens. That is right, David. Uh, I am Michael, and I am excited to be here. This is our third installment of Outer Banks. Mm. I don't want to spoil it. Maybe the worst of the three seasons. We'll talk about it. 100%. We know what we did. We watched only the first episode and only the last episode of season three. We have a lot of questions about the middle from, from Reddit to help us guess or something along those lines. More or less. And uh, we're going to recap the ends. I already said that, and I don't know. Mm-hmm. What's, I don't know what's wrong with you. Right I don't now. know what you're doing anymore. <laughs> Outer Banks is, according to Wikipedia, a streaming action adventure mystery teen drama series created by Josh and Jonas Pate and Sharon Burke. It stars a bunch of folks. This is our, our third time around, so you probably know. But our two main characters that we see most in our ends this time around are Chase Stokes and Madeline Klein, John B. and Sarah, respectively. Season three premiered here at the end of. February and it's already been renewed for a fourth season which may have been a little premature because the series has a 70% on Rotten Tomatoes which you might know if you've listened to our other episodes is a little lower than the average was previously and that's because season three is rocking a 50% that feels accurate (laughs) (laughs) there's still some things that we can talk about Yeah, there's definitely stuff to talk about. There's always stuff to talk about. Sarah's breast mostly. But we do have just so many teens to cover. So tell us about the season premiere, Michael. Poglandia. We open to the younger of the two old John B's narrating about Pogues versus Kooks over a montage of scenes from season one and two and asking, is the treasure an escape or a trap? Both. (laughs) Yeah. All mindless pursuit of money is a trap, John. You should know, Chase Stokes, you're halfway to retirement already. I hope you're maxing out your 401k contributions. Just be an adult. <laughs> Get a fucking job and live your damn life. Uh, Hollywood, you don't have to cast 30-year-olds as teens. You don't. It takes viewers out of the damn thing. All I can think about is how I was only a year or two away from my first pubes when my dad was Chase Stokes' age. Like, mm-hmm. I have friends, hey, Char, that are his age, and I'm fucking ancient. What is this? Get out of here. Very old. This is why these are all middle-aged teens, because they're all middle-aged, but they're also teens. Anyway, we pick up where last season ended. Our beautiful Pogue crew, John B., JJ, Pope, Kiara, Sarah, and Cleo, are stranded on their little island, Poglandia. The group makes themselves at home. JJ doesn't want to leave. Key catches a skate that they eat. It's a fish. And the group plays Truth or Dare. Just look like a like a stingray. Yeah. The group plays Truth or Dare. You always got to go dare. You can't let strangers know the real you. What are you doing? 
how long have they been stranded on Poglandia at this point, you think? I don't know. I feel like it's just like the next day. No, nah, they had like a whole they had a whole little like village that they had created. They've That's just been like eating coconuts thing. and one fish? There's no way. No, not like a whole like shelter and shit. Uh, Sarah was like weaving blankets out of <laughs> trees. <laughs> There's no way on God's green earth a 16-year-old girl that grew up as the rich girl in school as a kook who never had to worry about anything in her life can figure out how to survive on a deserted island in the middle of the ocean. That's what I'm saying. That's why I think it's only been a day. No, I I, I feel like it's been longer. I don't know. We'll never know. AJ's really like coming to his own. They are playing through the dare. Sarah asks John B, if you could do it all again, what would you do different? And I think that the writers just wanted to make it awkward since they broke up in real life. I think that was like a, a play on that. Oh, you think so? I think so. Gossip, 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 mm-hmm. gossip. But they dare JJ the insane to jump off a goddamn like a hundred foot high rock because they're very, very smart teens. They got all the first aid around. It was like it was like fifty feet. And I've done the same thing. It's fine. Yeah, but you had first aid available. They don't. Well, they're dumb. Okay. Next morning, a plane arrives and they're able to flag it down. Like, have you learned nothing from lost people? You don't trust outsiders. Just stay on the island. Stay on the island forever for the I rest mean, of your life. I mean, JJ lives. had his away. That's what that's what they would do. That's what I'm saying. Pilot's name is Jimmy Portis, and Sarah is worried that he works for her shitbag daddy Ward. He's got a ponytail, and it looks like he only smokes organic weed. You know. Yep, that real, real grassy grassroots boy. Mm-hmm. We cut to the island of Guadalupe for a sec to see Rafe plotting with comatose Ward. These two fuckwads are still alive. I thought <laughs> they both died. Rafe <laughs> shaved his head, and I hate it. <laughs> On the plane, the Pogues decide Jimmy is working for Ward because they find a picture of the boat that they had been on in the season two finale in his bag. And Jimmy flips the hell out and he's like, my book, I'm willing to crash this plane because you touched my old book. You touched my stuff. We're all going to die now. Yep. So he he does crash the plane mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the CGI is as bad as you think it would be for a water crash in a teen drama. Yeah, bad, <laughs> bad, bad, bad. Bad. You just have to avoid writing that kind of stuff in if you can't back it up. Correct. Good CGI or good uh, effects. Uh huh. They all have to escape the waterlogged plane, but there's dudes on the shore with guns too. Kiera is the only good actual human and saves Portis, who was knocked out and almost certainly would have drowned. But that leads her to being captured by who we find out later are a dude named Singh's men. So Portis was not working for Ward after all. Which makes sense, since Ward couldn't give commands while he was in a coma. Well, she doesn't know that. I know, but we do. But we do. Speaking of Ward, his demon seed, a.k.a. Rafe, a.k.a. if Channing Tatum was a thin twat, meets with antiquities dealer to inquire about selling off the cross of Santo Domingo. This motherfucker's in so far over his head, and he's (laughs) such a dumb idiot who thinks he's just (laughs) so cool and smart, and I hate him so much. That's accurate. That was an accurate statement. Anyway, Rafe gets the info for Singh, who we'll meet in a bit. JJ had managed to snag Portis's ID, which has his address, so the crew makes their plan to head there in case that's where Kiera is. But spoiler alert, she's not, we learn, as she's brought to this big-ass compound chock full of armed guards. I'm too old to enjoy this show. (laughs) Because, like, every possible decision they make is just the worst possible one, and it makes me so goddamn angry. Yeah. You don't know if this guy is good or bad. He just had a picture of the boat in a book. That doesn't mean that he's evil. That doesn't mean that he knows Ward. There's five of you. You don't need to immediately beat the shit out of him when he walks into the house. Like, just be sitting there and be like, listen, dude, we need to talk. What's going on? And uh, you just, like, uh, try something. Like, 
But they just beat the shit out of him, and then as soon as they get, he gives them any information, they just run out of there like, we've got everything we need, let's go. <laughs> well, we're not there yet. But yes, they do make bad decisions. Bad decisions. At the compound, there's just an excessive amount of armed guards, really. So many. Kira gets taken to a room with dresses of many sizes so she can get, quote unquote, cleaned up for later. Although what she really must need is a shower. Like she's going to be up here smelling like a coral reef by now. And we're just going to give her a new dress. Come on. There were three of them. Do you think he was he was supposed to like abduct all three of them, bring them all back here? There was going to be a dress for each of the girls, you think? No, no. He's just he doesn't know what size she is. So he's giving her multiple sizes. I, I see. I kind of I kind of it felt to me kind of like it was that there were three dresses and it was intent on like all of them were going to be here. Like they were all going to be brought here by Jimmy and then they were all going to get questioned. So they were all going to be wearing the same dress. I don't know about that, but we have no way to know. Rafe's packing up to go meet about the cross. Ward's wife, Rose, thinks it's dumb. She's also a drunk idiot herself. So who really cares? All the Camerons just belong in the bottom of the ocean. Except what's her, what's her bucket? Wheezy. Who we don't Wheezy. know exists anymore. She must Wheezy. be dead or something. Wheezy. Wheezy. Big John B, Papa, is also in Barbados with the Pogues and Sing and non-GMO marijuana man Portis. And he knows that his son survived the plane crash. And then even Juliet from Lost, the Shroud Lady, is like, hey, Big John, you kind of suck as a dad. Because <laughs> he hey, does. pretty bad. Maybe you should have let him know you were alive, idiot. Mm-hmm. But the Pogues find Portis's house, like we talked about. JJ gets bit by a crab. They get the best of Portis, probably because his shoes are made of hemp. And they confirm that he does not work for Ward and that Kiara is being held at Vox Hall. But they should beware, man. What was the point of the crabs? I don't know. I thought it was going to lead to something else, but they just were there. It felt like it was of some importance, and then it was just nothing. Nope. The crew steals some patchouli-soaked clothes, head to go find Kiara, and Portis goes to listen to some blind... Goes to listen to (laughs) some... Jesus Christ. And Portis goes to listen to some blind... And Portis goes to listen to some... What the fuck? Hey, man, I I I bet that Portis goes to listen to some sublime. And Portis goes to listen to some sublime and toke. Jesus Christ. (laughs) That was ridiculous. Uh, Can you leave like a few of them in? Yes, I will. Thank you. At Vauxhall, Kiera finally put on her dress that was curated for her. And ba-bam! I love dresses. Sleek dresses, sundresses, skirts. You could put a lump of dog shit in one, and I'd still probably get a boner. It's just science. One of those like coastal ones with the slit on the leg, though, that goes like all the way up to the cooch. She was looking. She's, she's an looking adult. Foreign. We can say this. She's an adult. Yeah, she is absolutely an adult. But she goes downstairs and finds Rafe, of all people. Turns out the cross appraisal was a ruse, and Singh just wanted to get them together so he could force them to help him. Classic. He's on a quest to finally find El Dorado, the city of gold, and apparently he thinks that they have info that could help. Rafe is like, la la la, I'm not listening, and he wants to leave, but chubby guard guy is like, nah, chintzy tatum, sit down. The Pogues breach Vauxhall, somehow unseen. There are like 42 guards, and none of them are on wall duty. Just a fucking wide open field. (laughs) They're all bunched up in one area. Why? Why? Spread out. If you got an, a name of a place that you think your friend is being held, and then you come up to it, and there's a big fucking wall of China-style wall around the whole damn place, leave immediately. <laughs> this is a bad decision you're making. It's true. They're just so dumb. They set off a wild game cam, and it's Baja men time. Who let the dogs out? Our crew runs for their lives from the dogs, guards on ATVs, and guards on trucks. Somehow, JJ, the white drunk kid in work boots, is the fastest. I, I don't understand how. They also, they traversed like three acres of field running from dogs 
vehicles <laughs> and somehow still managed to outrun them. And then they got over the wall and the guy and then everyone was like, well, oh, well, <laughs> and they've only been eating coconuts for weeks. Like, <laughs> Oh, well, they got over the wall. Not our problem anymore. Yeah, I was half expecting for them to like hit the ground on the other side of the wall and then like just look up and there's just like 20 dudes just standing there like <laughs> idiots. <laughs> the only realistic part is that John B was last because he was fast in his teen years. But ever since he hit 30, his knees are balky. Ever since he started collecting Social Security, <laughs> he's really had a hard time running through grassy fields in countries he's never been to <laughs> from dogs and fast vehicles. Uh. But they do make it over the wall. Singh wants the Denmark Tanny Diary from Key or Rafe. And to show that he's serious, he heads out back and has the kids watch from the window as he shoots and kills poor Jimmy Portis. We don't know if Jimmy was officially shot. It like it I almost mean, felt to me like it was him like pretending like I'm going to do it. I mean, yes, he's an asshole. So chances are he did do it. But we don't know for sure. I guess we don't know for sure. But if he does die, maybe he can link up with Bob Marley in heaven. Maybe. Do you think they're going to listen to some sublime? That's that's basically episode one. Kiara tells Rafe she doesn't have the diary. The Pogues only have a wall between them and the dogs and armed men. Papa John B is still having flashbacks of baby John B staying out until he brings him in with the bells. What's going to happen next? We don't know. We never know. We can't talk about the season closer, though. Secret of the Nomen? Nomen. The Nomen? Yep. Well, Sarah, Pope, Cleo, and John B are on a plane with Ward. Why? What's going on? Wild. They check that he's asleep and then decide to talk about their whole plan because he's asleep. Dumb, stupid idiots. <laughs> Go back to sleep, Ward. They're so stupid. They should have put a bag over his head or something. Rookies. They should have not talked about their whole plan right in front of him after waving their hand in front of his eyes and being like, yep, we're good. They literally were just like Fucking whispering in his ear, too. It's like, hey, Ward, are you awake? <laughs> okay, we're good, guys. <laughs> Idiots. They are also on the hunt for El Dorado, we, we find out now, which should be in the forest outside of Tres Rocas. They need to find a guy named Jose. And he's supposed to help them. But go to a Southern American country and just start yelling around Jose and see what happens. <laughs> when they land, Ward wants to help. He gets off the plane to, to help them. And they're all like, listen, stay on the plane. <laughs> it's like, where did all these kids get all this? I want to wear a cool shirt like John B and go to Venezuela. Yeah. Aside from being perpetually sweaty, the place looks awesome. I mean, it looked interesting. I don't know about awesome. They were shooting fireworks off in the middle of the day. That makes no sense. <laughs> JJ and Key are flying in some sketchy ass like cargo plane somewhere. They're trying to meet the crew, so they're going to be landing somewhere nearby and taking a bus over. When our John B. crew gets into town, though, they immediately start looking around for Jose, just asking around. Uh, they end up splitting up, and John B. and Sarah hear John's dad, mm. also named John. He is a hostage of Singh, and uh, they want to free him, so they use some fireworks. And he escapes. And he escapes. All right, cool. I don't know why, but I laughed out loud watching Big John like running with them. It's just it's, <laughs> he just he's so giant, number one, but he is huge compared to the rest of them. It's also so ridiculous. I looked it up. The actor that plays him is 43. So he's only 13 years older than Chase Stokes. <laughs> yet he's but supposed they make to be him, They dad. make him look like 100 years older. <laughs> 
Yeah. But like literally they could be they could run in the same crowds. Yep. One of them's a teen, one of them's an old man. Absolutely ridiculous. But we do learn that John B has some letters from Pope's family that can help translate something they need to find the treasure or whatever. I don't know. Looks like something out of a fucking highlights magazine. It's the worst. Yeah. Use this to decode the secret message and then send it in for your free baseball cap. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out Ward did not stand the plane the way he was uh, was told to. He found Jose. John and him get into a little bit of a tussle because the whole killing thing. Take a hint, Ward. Just like, get out of here. Nobody wants you here. No one wants you anywhere. (sighs) He'll figure that out eventually. Well, Pope and Cleo run into JJ and Key. They have found each other. Convenient that they go to a country and immediately run into each other. <laughs> Whatever. So those are our, our new groups now for the foreseeable future. We have the Ward, John, John B. Sarah crew. We'll call them the Dead Crew. <laughs> that is a little bit of a spoiler. Mm-hmm. And then we have Key, JJ, Pope, and Cleo. We'll call them the Teen Team. Teen Team. And like that's it. our that's our two uh, groups here. So Dead Crew makes their way up the river with Jose. Teen Team is planning on following behind to, to support them when they can. Our original Dead Crew here gets to the, this base of the mountain and they lay low for the night. And then they, in the morning, start their trek up the mountain. Ward decides he's going to stay behind because of his bum leg. Because of that time he almost died and was in a coma for a while. I don't know that's what the leg's from. I think the leg's from something different. Oh, it could be. Well, but we'll that's get there. Point. There's some questions. Yeah. But he does uh, have an opportunity to send his location to someone in the meantime, but we don't see who. Yes. And right before he does it, though, he makes the same face that I do when I'm about to do something naughty with my phone. Just like praying to the gods before I crack open Pornhub. That was the face he Mm -hmm. made. That was a Pornhub face. You're right. Mm -hmm. He's like, I shouldn't be doing this, but I'm going to do this. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) JJ gets a boat. This one random dude keeps doing him favors, and I have no idea who this man is, but he keeps on doing JJ favors, and he got him a boat. Barracuda Mike. It's Barracuda Mike. Apparently, I don't know what that means. That's his name. Oh, okay. Was he in a previous (laughs) show, and I just don't remember him at all? No, but he calls him Barracuda Mike. Okay, well, it's Barracuda Mike, and he's JJ's new best best old friend. Mm -hmm. Don't know, but he keeps on doing favors for him. I think he sees him a little bit as a son, you know? Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Up the mountain, our dead crew goes, though, w- minus Ward. John B.'s dad is just being an ass the absolute whole way. <laughs> oh, my God. Ugh. All he cares about is this stupid gold and nothing else. He doesn't trust Sarah or her breasts, and he's just dragging them behind, which also, like, you take, like, a like a 60-year-old dad and then chase Stokes. That dude's not outrunning these kids. No. How are they not keeping up with this giant old man? Nah, nah, nah. Yeah. It makes no sense. But I guess he's just running on fucking treasure hunt adrenaline. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. But they do finally make it to some kind of like overhang or, or top of a mountain and they can see down below some old ruins and they make their way down there. And it's right around nighttime that they're arriving and it's a old ruin with a bunch of pillars and a big circular table in the middle. I don't know. I have so many problems with this scene. Yeah, then get get ready for the fucking magic, baby. This is about to go into Indiana Jones 4 territory. I have so many problems with this backwater bullshit. I'll let you go forward, but number one, one thing I need to say first is like, if you can see that symbol table thing from above the canopy, which we see, then why in the capital F fuck has it never been found before? I think this area has been found, but it hasn't been found with the piece of the puzzle. That they needed. They just left it there? People would have moved that shit to like a museum or something. I mean, it's like it's like built into them. It's a rock. You could pull it out of the ground. Anyway, fine. Whatever. Fine. 
Fine, fine, yeah. fine. I mean, that that's not super far-fetched. I mean, that's the least of the ridiculousness, yes. That's the least of the ridiculousness, because John B.'s dad pulls a Omex-style little <laughs> statue out of his bag that he's been <laughs> carting around this whole time. Thank you for calling it Omex, because like this whole glowing gnomon thing, it is straight out of the Nickelodeon Legends of the Hidden Temple prop closet. It's so yeah. cheesy! Yeah, it's terrible. He's just out... <laughs> <laughs> but it's just got a bunch of runes on it, and it's got a bald purple head or blue head. And they set it in the middle of the circle. And then when the when the moon hits its zenith, different runes start to light up on both the the little omic head and also the table around it, giving them the the clues that they need to find the treasure and find old Dorado. Here's the other thing, though. Like the ancients supposedly made this thing to to, to mark off the different glyphs when the moon hits a certain way. But they made this 500 years ago or whatever. The moon wouldn't be in the same damn place. Like it, it moves over hundreds and thousands of years. And it's been hundreds of years. How much does it move? Like, what do you mean it moves? Its rotation around the earth changes? Correct. It's slight every year, but over the course of 100 years, it makes a difference. Enough where, like, it wouldn't hit the exact spot to make that one glyph light up. I don't know. Dumb. I don't know, man, but but whatever, everything lights up blue, and it tells them all the things they need to know. They think they've gotten all of it, but John is keeping one secret hidden in his brain because he doesn't trust Sarah. Wisdom. Tongue. Darkness. I can translate for you, Big John. Smart men use their tongue where the light don't shine. You feel me? That's what that one means. Uh, no, but it. like Big John yelling at Sarah and John B to work faster when he's translating. <laughs> Hurry, I'm just standing here and looking at stuff. Hurry. <laughs> that one's blue. <laughs> Tell me what it means now. Quick. <laughs> Fuck you, John. It's basically beat for beat what it sounds like when Ashley and I do an escape room together. Like I am Big John just yelling, barking orders. Sarah is fucking marking which ones are lighting up blue and calling them out. And John B is translating them. And all Big John is doing is writing down the words in a fucking book. (laughs) Shut up, you dumb idiot. God, he's the worst. I almost hate him more than Ward at this point. It is a debate who the worst dad is. It really is. And it shouldn't be. It really is. So as they're arguing, because he's hiding some because he doesn't trust Sarah, our crew of Singh and all his, his boys show up and... They're like, well, tell us, John, what is the secret? We're going to shoot John B. if you don't tell us. And and he's like, well, uh, whatevs. <laughs> so Ward is here, too. Apparently, he's the one that led them here. So I guess we can be led to believe that Singh is the one that he sent his location to. But yeah, so they argue for a while. And then Sarah starts a, a little bit of a, a tussle. And then Ward shoots a bad guy. And then they all start shooting at each other. But our, our little crew does fight back, though. And they, they make it into the woods. Not without John getting shot, though. Big John, not John B. So now who's falling behind, Big John? Yeah. You fucking dick. And Ward tries to get Sarah to come with him like during this like <laughs> shootout kerfuffle and i probably would have went with ward at this point if it wasn't for his goddamn goofy safari hat like, oh the safari hat was great I bro he looks like a dork i liked it <laughs> but yeah so they're they're off into the woods to try and find the gold or whatever ward has made his own way off into the woods and sing is doing whatever teen team finally arrives at the like how long has did how far behind were they that they have now just gotten to like this like coastal base camp little area on the river. Like what the hell? 
And then they need to scare off some of Singh's boys, so they just use more fireworks because mm-hmm. that's the only way that they know how to get past Singh's men is fireworks. Yep. Apparently, it's like you're 17 and 18 year, years old now. You can't get a gun. Like you're in a different, a weird different country. A weird different country. All you can get time. a gun. You can get a gun in Venezuela. They have been running and shot at all the for three seasons now. Why in the world would they not have weapons at this point? They're just out here throwing those little those little white things filled with powder. Just. Like, they threw some firecrackers at this guy to make it sound like he was getting shot at just so he would run away. First of all, this guy, two little explosions go off in the water, and he's like, get us out of here! (laughs) Like, get it together, bro. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But Dead Crew does finally arrive at a cave that's making a whistling noise, which is what led them there. Mm -hmm. They think El Dorado's in here, so they're searching a cave, and they finally come to an area where the cave continues, but it is underwater. John is not confident that he would be able to continue because of his gunshot wound, but also because he's too fat to fit through the hole, (laughs) is what he explains to us. Okay, so they, they find it because of the fish in the water. Like, they're like, oh, this means that the fish had to come from somewhere. Fish. Had to come from somewhere. But then in the next cave, it is sealed. Where was the somewhere? Yeah, like what the hell were the fish eating? Nothing. Nothing. These people don't put on sunscreen. They'd be just getting freaking ran train on by bugs. You don't see any bugs in these jungles. Their skin would look like Swiss cheese. In Venezuela, there's some fucking shit in that forest that you need to be seriously concerned about 100%. And now on top of it, you're going to tell me there's just miracle fish? Like, come on. Make it it believable. It's ridiculous. But they see a hand on the wall, and that was one of the symbols that meant home, and they thought that's where it meant. So this is where they're going to go. John gives them some flares and a final clue the final clue that he wouldn't share before but now that sarah shot kind of at her dad they're like you're one of us now you tried to kill your dad just like the rest of us (laughs) so he gives his final clue i think it was make sure it's dark to catch the snitch nope (laughs) it actually could have been the true impatient seeker needs not light to see it was one of those two. I'm not sure which one. Yeah, but like, why? I mean, why keep that secret? We don't even know what it means. Yeah, I mean, he just this bullshit. <laughs> Sing apparently is an ancient Indian that could follow tracks through the woods like a champ because he finds John's blood trail and tracks it through the whole woods to the cave. Well, Freaking Big John out here doing a Hansel and Gretel candy trail, but with his blood. Big buffoon. <laughs> Fucking Hansel and Gretel trail with his organs and like. <laughs> oh, there's his kidney. Oh, oh, look, I see some intestine. Ward is just stumbling through the woods somewhere. We don't care about that. He has some flashbacks of all the mean things he's done to Sarah and how much she hates him. And it, I don't know, makes him think differently. Makes him think like, wow, she's actually a bitch. I want to go get that gold, baby. <laughs> Teen team finally finds the ruins uh, where the, the gunfight went down. Cleo and Pope have a romantic moment and they kiss. Yay. Because they're the only two black characters, so... <laughs> stupid show it's just like why you couldn't break that yeah dumb but john b and sarah do start their cave delving they have some flares to light the way but limited time first they swim underwater through the hole for a while then they climb through some tiny holes so you vor fans must have loved this part they go for a while like that and then they get to a dead end and john b's like well that's it and they're both like well this sucks oh well and then Sarah's like, wait, the final clue. And they put out their glare, and there's a little spot on the wall that just glows with a handprint. I don't know. Supernatural jizz wall. A supernatural jizz wall. And then she touches it, and then it's like, yeah, we accept you. And then the fucking wall opens like magic. 
and I hate it so much. Yeah, like, okay, I'm cool with, like, a secret hidden gold city in a cave. Cool. Yep. But, like, a magical jizz wall thing that, like, opens with no way, like, there's no way you could have any mechanism that ancient people could have made that. Like, I was super hesitant to even try and believe this based on the fucking glowing moon ruins on that Omek head. Now we're talking about you just touch a spot on a wall in a cave and it opens because like you're pure of heart or whatever. She's definitely not pure of, you know, you know. So would it have opened if the lights were on? Like if they left their flare on, would it not have opened? And just put their hand there? It's even more ridiculous. It's like another layer of magic. Would it open if like Singh was down here just touched it? Or was it supposed to be like Sarah's like pure and worthy? So it opened for her. I don't know, but whatever. It opens up. They jump across a crevasse. They're both scared, and there's some skeletons down in it, but whatever, and they jump across it. It's it's all very romantic because John B. catches her, and oh, yeah, but they drop a flare into the thing, so they lost some time. Idiots. And then they find it, and the scene of them finding the gold and El Dorado is ripped directly from a National Treasure movie. I'd assume that after all this is said and done and they go back to OBX, they're headed to Washington to steal a Declaration of Independence. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Yeah, and it was under the scene of the gold place was just kind of underwhelming. It's like it was like really far away and it's like they never really zoomed in. It was like I think there might have been like a big ladder in the middle, but I couldn't really. Yeah, tell. it looked like there was a lot of like scaffolding and stuff around like a giant column of like just solid gold in the middle of the room. But I don't know. Yeah, we never got It was hard to see, see and yeah. we never actually saw it that well. Yeah. Because, you know, they couldn't count on their CGI. Make it far away. <laughs> and that's, that's that. I mean, they found it. It's great. Their first instinct is to immediately take a bag and just start stuffing loose gold in it, which... I mean, it's not guys. a bad instinct. I mean, what else are you going to do? I mean, do? it's not a bad instinct, but gold is fucking heavy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the amount of gold that they put in John B's backpack, there's no way he's jumping back over that crevasse or swimming. Like, that's just going to immediately Anchor. weigh you down to the to the bottom of that cave. There's no way. Does gold float? No. Okay. Not even close. No, that's true. Not even a little. Because <laughs> you just have that's big, just abs- gold turd nuggets in the water. Yeah, what am I? I'm, fucking I'm, absolutely ridiculous. That was like, dumb. I'm tra- sorry. Yeah, like fucking pirate ships crash and there's just like a bunch of gold, gold coins floating on yeah. the surface. You're an idiot. <laughs> Oh, man. But yeah, but they're, uh, one of their flares goes out and they're like, man, we only have a few, uh, like this one flare left to get the hell out of here. So we got to get moving. But then they kiss and waste like 2% of their flare time. <laughs> yep. At least two of it. It's like, we're going to, we're going to spend 10 minutes of this flare time fucking on this gold and then <laughs> we're out of here. But they do make it back out and Sing is waiting for them out of the cave as soon as they, they swim back out of their hole. There's some exposition about how he's going to kill them and stuff. And John ends up blowing up the entrance to the cave, but also Sing. So I guess him, his terrible accent, and the gold will all be lost together to time, I suppose. Can't they just come back with dynamite or drills and shit? If there's millions of dollars of gold there, like we're to believe, you can find a way. Like, you can find a way. What, yeah. Yeah, one little cave-in is not going to stop you no. from getting it, e- even if there's chunks of Sing floating around. Like, all this effort he's already put in, and that was going to be where he's like, oops, oh, well, too bad. There's <laughs> a couple rocks in the way. I'm out. <laughs> We've done all we can do. But he's dead, so that's exciting. They head out of the cave and to find Ward with a gun. He's just such a prick, and they can't get rid of him. This time, he grabs some gold and is like, oh, my surprise. I want Sarah and the gold now. Get the fuck away from me. I know it's minor, and most people probably didn't even notice or care, but how in the flying fuck 
did Big John's glasses stay on his face in this scene? I, you got like check it out if you haven't. They're at like the tip of his nose, and gravity exists, man. Like I, I truly think they glued on his glasses. I'm it not is. even kidding. Like if you see how ridiculous it looks, I I don't remember how far it was. They're on glued his on, face, but it They're could have been. Yeah. What's even more ridiculous is how Award a cripple has hiked multiple miles into the wilderness to hunt these idiots down. No way. Absolutely no, no way. But whatever. So he just will not give up and admit that everything is his fault as he's about, I guess, I guess, kill John B or John or Sarah or all three. I don't know. Teen team finally made their way here. About time. They pull out their machetes and instead of sneaking up behind him and just cutting his arms right off, they come screaming out of the woods. Pokes for life, baby. Idiots. <laughs> Idiots for life. But they do come out and him being surrounded by multiple people and then Sarah being like, listen, if you're going to kill them, you're going to have to kill me or some crazy shit. And then he like breaks down and is like, I don't want to kill you. You're my daughter and I'm sorry. Oh, then this just won't. It just won't end. It just won't. And this stupid episode won't end. It was way longer than it should have been. One of Singh's guys now is like, you killed my my other, my other henchman friend, and now I'm mad about it. I'm going to kill all of you. But Ward takes one for the team. and More than one. He takes several. He takes three. He goes running at the guy uh, to try and save Sarah, knowing that he is going to die. He gets shot three times, but is able to tackle this guy. And they both go hurtling off of a cliff that is similar in height to the one that JJ jumped off of in Poglandia. Just when I thought Ward couldn't do anything. To even remotely redeem himself. He goes and pulls this and does totally redeem himself. I Yeah. He's still not a good dude. Still not a good dude. Still did a lot of bad things. And one decision doesn't make up for all of those other decisions. However, this was certainly a step in the right direction. Too bad it was his last. Yes. And I am glad that they are just leaving him to rot in the jungle, though. With his hat and all. (laughs) (laughs) But as they're looking down and Sarah's crying over the fact that her dad just basically committed suicide. They turn around and see that Big John is also really not doing well. Nope. So they try and rush him out of this jungle, which would have taken days mm-hmm. just to get out of the jungle on its own. Never mind then taking the long boat ride. As they're doing all of that, Big John dies as well. It's a regular old dad apocalypse up in here. Yep. They're all dying left and right. They're dropping like flies. I half expect a cutscene at the end where we see Pope's dad dying in a car accident, maybe, or... <laughs> Key's dad just drowns like scuba diving or something. I don't know, but they're all dead. There's no dads in OBX anymore. (laughs) But after all is said and done, back in Outer Banks, all the kids are getting recognized for their treasure finding abilities, I suppose, and all their law breaking. It's an 18 month time jump. It is an 18 month time jump and they're all doing great. And then some old weird looking dude comes up to them with an old ship's log or captain's log and he is apparently looking for Blackbeard's treasure. Blackbeard's treasure? Blackbeard's treasure. Come on. I'm so not here for it. It's just so... I literally laughed out loud when they're like, Blackbeard's treasure. It was so bad. I just never would... So, yes. Season one was about finding the treasure. And the whole idea of that was... These kids who didn't have anything wanted to find something and wanted to be able to, like, change their lot in life. I get it. Fine. 
why did this why did this whole entire show turn into treasure hunters i don't understand that's yeah. not what this show should be i will say though like if they want to do a season five where there's a crossover with my other show that i love to hate the curse of oak island they could just trek up to nova scotia and, and find that treasure in the money pit put mm-hmm. those old chumps out of their misery i'd be into that <laughs> but blackbeard's treasure no, yeah. I don't know. The one good thing that comes out of the end here is that with this 18 month time jump now, they're technically not teens anymore. So, I mean, well, I guess it could be 19, but they're, they're still teens. They're still teens. They're, they're still they're adult teens. And now John B can just be his true self, go to his son's T-ball game, crack open a couple bush lights with the neighbor later, save some money on car rentals, can finally live his truth. Yep, buy cigarettes. John B the adult and that's the finale. That's it. Before we get to our many questions, we should go hunt for a center commercial. Oh, I think I found one. <laughs> I don't know where it is. Let me show you. It's right down here. It's down in this whistling cave. You have to put your hand right. Oh, oh you have to put your oh, hand right here. Oh, but that's here. a tight cave. Put your hand right here. It's where I keep all the center commercials. Today's episode is brought to you by our patrons. The patrons. They're the best people. They are. You want to be like them. They are awesome. We love our patrons, whether it's Kay, whether it's Charlene, whether it's Cindy, whether it's Mel's and Jasmine from Damn Fine TV, whether it's Jenny, 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 Jenny. Wow, Jenny got a really excited fucking announcement. We appreciate you. We love you. And wow, I just realized all of our patrons are females, David. I know, right? We're going to get, we get, we get, get a dude up, up in there. You get can be the first in dude in this female party. I'm just saying. Get after it, bro. It's all ladies in there. But we, we appreciate you, current patrons. And if you're listening and want to be a future patron, you can do that at patreon.com slash the center cut. Yeah, I mean, they're getting all kinds of fun stuff. So not only are they getting an opportunity to support us because they like what we do and they want to hear more of us, but they're getting center chats. They're getting center consumed. They're getting center cachet. They're getting to come up with stuff like our next center chat is going to be an ask me anything. So they just sent it a bunch of would you rather questions and we're going to answer random shit from our patrons. Yep. Like you get to you get all kinds of great shit and you get to support this if you're if you're listening to us if you listen to us on a weekly basis and you want to hear more or you want to just support us because you want us to keep making this stupid thing we'd love to have you and as always if you have feedback send it to the center cut cast at gmail.com and hit up all the socials you know you'll find them thank you thanks oh boy david we have a lot of questions from reddit about this third and not so great season of Outer Banks, mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. we should start answering them. I think so too. I don't know why we both went southern there, but no idea. It's fine. Our first question from Reddit from Always Mooning. Is that like a pants down thing? I don't or? know. I don't know either. Why was there an entire episode dedicated to the flashback sequence of Big John winning the hot dog eating contest? <laughs> I had to put this question first because what? This- question is wild what just the idea of this giant bearded man scarfing down wieners while his son is probably like in yeah. pain or something it just makes yeah. me happy yeah you love it you love it i have to imagine that it's a way to show how obsessive his dad gets with winning slash getting the treasure 
because because he's so focused on like gargling glizzies that he doesn't realize John B is like in a corner getting beat up by older kids or something. And John B is probably like, dad. And Big John is just like, wait a second, bird. I, I got to eat two more francs. It's fucking ridiculous. And <laughs> I, I kind of love it. It's ridiculous. But I am a fan of hot dog eating contests. I don't know if I shared this before, but one time my brother, my dad and I all forced my mom to make us like 50 hot dogs. And we had a contest between the three of us. Mm-hmm. I ate 14. My dad beat me by like half a hot dog. It was a sad moment in my life. I blamed the the bun. It was like trying to suck down cardboard after like five of them. <laughs> that's why you got to dunk them. Yeah. Yeah. That's why they dunk them. The bread will get you. But that's that's the answer. Uh, it's to show how obsessive he is about like winning and getting treasure. That's not a bad answer, but that seems like a lot for there to be an entire episode. <laughs> to it. Well, I think just like it flashes multiple times throughout the episode. Okay. Like a All sequence. Right. Um, I think that the day he won the hot dog eating contest, he was just fucking like bloated and horny as shit. And that's when John B was conceived. <laughs> Next question, please. Uh, okay. Toast crossing or toast Xing asks, what did Rafe do with the cross of Santo Domingo? Shoved it up his ass. I hope I almost put that David, but I thought it was too ridiculous. <laughs> I hate Rafe. I almost feel like he did something really, really fucking terrible. Like, it's this wonderful artifact, and he melted it down to sell the individual pieces or some bullshit. I thought you were going to think my answer's outlandish, but, like, would you put it past Rafe to just try to melt it down and bring it to, like, a cash for gold in the mall? No, he he realized he can't fucking sell it as as a giant cross, so he's going to melt it down and sell it as pieces. Yeah, I think it's either that or he sets it up like kind of like a like a carnival attraction type thing and he just has people pay to come see it. It's like Dirk Diggler and Boogie Nights. It's like $5 to look at it, $10 to touch it, $20 to you know. Do you think he just like kills Rose and like ties her up to it like Jesus Christ? That's also a possibility. Our answers are just getting more and more. Ridiculous. He just kind of like leaves it in their living room as proof of his manhood or some mm-hmm. bullshit because he's just insane. It's also possible. I think we're both right. Broke it down into... Yeah individual parts or or melted it down to sell it and it's like terrible because he just destroyed a priceless artifact ward's like you goddamn moron and he killed him and that's why we don't see rafe in the finale he pours the molten gold on rafe and he told turns him into a big golden statue <laughs> okay <laughs> all of our answers for that question with, with jewels with jewels for eyes all right our next our next question from how did how be the body how be the body yeah how be the body I'll be the body. That's, how, that's what I ask a woman and before I try to fornicate with her. I'll be the body. I, that's what I ask after. Oh, okay. <laughs> Where is Kiara sent by her parents? Based on a later question, I'm going to say a camp for naughty girls. And not like in a <laughs> sexual way. Like, <laughs> yeah. Though I'd be into that. Yeah, brah. Just like bad girls who need to be taught a lesson about being a better citizen. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I, I think the same thing. It's I, like I, I called it a boarding camp, which yeah. I don't think is a thing, but like I know what you mean. Yeah. Something along those lines that it's just like this is a place to like try and get her in line because yep. she's obviously off the deep end like yep. the rest of these pokes. 100%. Next question from Vecto underscore 07. Follow up to the last question. Who helped her escape that place and how did they do it? JJ, this is what leads to their their kind of budding love, and uh, and he does it with fireworks, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's his weapon the entire show. 
Uh, I agree that it's JJ, obviously, because you just you give him a dangerous and stupid mission, and he's on that shit like John B's dad on a hot dog with absolutely minimal information. He's yep. just fucking sprinting at it. And I think the escape plan surprisingly involved John B's dad and a hot dog. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I think <laughs> totally kidding. No, he pretends to be a counselor from a neighboring camp and says that she's being transferred, and then he just like takes her. That's way too smart for JJ. Nice try. Lotus Whiter asks, is the camp Kiara sent to based off a real camp? I mean, yeah, there are plenty of naughty girl camps. There are lots of camps. I remember from watching reruns of Mori with my dad when I was younger. I still don't I'd make why, the argument that every that, but... camp is based off of another camp. Yeah. How I know that. Yeah. How about that? I mean, other life? than the first camp, but. Uh, well, she wasn't kept at the first camp ever. True. So my answer. Okay. No. Competitive while 47. What happened to John B's house? I think it got just completely and utterly destroyed, mainly by Singh and his men looking for the diary. Mm, That's actually a pretty good answer. I thought that it was foreclosed on because he bought it with a bad loan back in his early 20s, and then he lost his factory job. (laughs) (laughs) I do think that it gets sold out from under him since he's not there to make payments or whatever. That's not a bad call. It just like gets foreclosed on and it's just like not his anymore. He's he's never there. Two years later, and they're just like, nope. He hasn't been there Not like years five no years. More. Bro, it was never years. It was your dad's, and he's dead and been dead for a while. Yep. Good answer. Good answer. Natalie2536 asks, how did John B. react when Sarah cheated on him? I think he gets all emo and tightens up his neckerchief thing, and he's like... It does seem a little tighter in the end. You're probably right. Yeah, and then he, he just sings that Hawthorne Heights song, but he makes it about Outer Banks. He's like, because my heart is in Poglandia. <laughs> I think he understands... <laughs> Just he understands. Okay. No, I think, I mean, so there's multiple times in this episode where I think John B realizes that he has totally fucked Sarah's life so bad. Mm. Like she was set, doing good in school, rich family. Like she was good to go. And now she's been on the run for years. That's <laughs> been wearing the same like three outfits for three seasons. Shit's fucking rough now. Yeah, it's true. Natalie also asks, where did Kiara and JJ first kiss? I think this is a flashback back to Poglandia. Ooh. <laughs> I don't. I think it's right after he saves her from Camp Naughty Girl because That's she's all horned up. Answer. Where's Wheezy? Sister Wheezy is at Naughty Girl Camp with Kira. Agreed. Same camp really? because she's nowhere to be found. I think they just needed to send her somewhere. So yep. they sent her to this boarding camp. Yep. Okay. That's the only question that makes me think that it's not like a naughty girl camp and instead just like a boarding school type of thing. Aren't boarding schools for naughty people? I mean, not always. It's also for like parents who just like don't want to deal with their kids. Okay. Next question from Natalie. How many people did Big John kill in season three? Three. Two in the finale and also Rafe. Ooh. Ooh. We see him. Wait, we see him kill two people in the finale? Yeah. So first he bonks that guy in the head real bad and throws him off the second. That's the one. So I'm assuming that guy's dead. Oh, yeah. And then also he blows, he blows Sing. Oh, okay. You're counting Sing. Okay. All right. Yeah. I guess if you count Sing, then fine. I also think though, so outside of those two, I think there's some wild scene in the middle where there's just like four dudes hanging off of him. Like, like he's NFL running back Derrick Henry and he just fucking beats him into submission <laughs> because he's actually enormous. So I think two plus four, six, six is my answer. Here's a better question that Natalie should have asked is how many hot dogs did Big John kill? <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, I, I'm going to guess 42. <laughs> That's how many guards there were at the compound. It's a good number. <laughs> 
Our next question, also from Natalie2536, who gets magically healed by the Nolman? Juliet from Lost, a.k.a. Limbry. She had cancer, but not anymore. I think the Nolman brings Ward back from his coma. Maybe. Also, Maybe. what's the Nolman? That's that. Is that the Omex statue? That yeah, that's around? the Omex the penis thing that he puts in the hole. Yeah. Oh, the penis thing he puts in the hole. Understood, understood. That's what I figured, but hmm. Last question from Natalie. Who helps the group attempt to steal the cross with their truck? I think this is Pope's dad. <laughs> I don't know why. No. No, I actually think a better answer is what's your fa- what that woman that you just Limbry? talked about. Yeah. No. I think it's Barracuda Mike, the dude with the Blue Lives Matter hat from the finale. <sighs> it's got to be him because they even talk about owing him a truck. It's Barracuda Mike. Lock it in. That's a pretty good answer. Thank you. All right. Our next set of questions from Resolve Relevant 2089. What did Topper do when Sarah betrayed him? He pouted. That's it. He just looked whiny and maybe punched a wall or something white like that. Cried a lot. (laughs) Same page. Yep. Resolve also asks, did John B.'s perception of his dad change or stay the same? I mean, he originally perceived his dad as being dead, so I'd assume it changed. (laughs) So, I mean, the short answer is changed. But I also think that he was really mad at his dad for a while for not reaching out to him. And it took a while before he like could finally like finally kind of sort of was on his dad's same page again. Yeah, I I mean Big John is not a great dad. We've covered this for multiple seasons now. Bad dad. He's a bad dad. I would say that it slightly changes only because I feel like John B kind of saw past most of his shittiness and still thought he was just this like big lovable galoot. But I think something happens in the middle where his dad shows his true colors and, and and chooses the pursuit of treasure over his son. And I think that's what makes John B. start reminiscing about moments in the past oh. that bore that out, like the hot dog eating contest. And then he realizes, like, man, my dad actually kind of sucks. He's not that great. So you think he's just, like, really excited to see his dad when he finds out, like, he's not dead, he's Correct. alive. It's a good answer. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Our next question from Ill Relation 2792 What happened to Limbry? I think she's cured of her cancer, and then two days later, they hear that she got hit by a bus or, like, eaten by a swamp gator or something ridiculous, because there's a curse. The curse is real. Curse. Does that mean all the teens are going to die? Mm-hmm. Eventually. Oh, that's Well, I mean, everyone dies eventually. I think she's dead. I think Rafe shot her. Rafe shot the Limbry. <laughs> Could be. It's Daddy quite possible. melted down a big girl cross. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Johnny559 asks, why is Ward on a plane with the Pogues? I think it's his plane, motherfucker. Oh, so they took it and he was just on it? No, I think he was just like asleep on it. And like they got up in the air. And they're like, oh, shit. No, I think they had to end up like Sarah tried to take the plane and he realized they were going to take the plane and he wanted to protect Sarah. So he was like, I'm coming. Maybe that's what he said when Sarah was conceived also. Mm-hmm. This is the first of a few Ward questions coming up here. now. He has a weird limp in the finale, which I don't think is a coincidence. I think that Sarah actually saves his life in, involved in that leg thing. And I think that is the driving force in why he finally chooses to make his sacrifice in the end. You don't think he would have had a flashback about that when he was having all his Sarah flashbacks about how... No, because it was probably like just her. the ep- episode prior, so the show didn't need to show us. Okay. I mean, he, in the in the flashback, he remembers the thing that happened three seconds ago, but okay. Yeah, but I think Sarah is actually the one in like a last second, hey, get on this plane or die, dork. I think she like... <laughs> pulls him on to save his life 
Uh, but more on that in a bit. Interesting. I can't wait to hear what fucking crazy shitty bullshit you've come up with. <laughs> the psychological time one four four asks: Does Topper ever stop simping over Sarah? It's ironic that his name is Topper because he's clearly a bottom. He's a bottomer for sure. He'll never stop simping for Sarah. You never forget the first girl who looked at your pee pee and said "ew." So I think he will never forget her. He'll never forget her because he can't get anyone else because he's too sad. I mean, I just wrote never in capital letters is my answer. <laughs> okay. Cinewars123 asks, what club did Cleo and Pope make together? The No Love Club. <laughs> yeah, this was in the finale. The No yep. Love Club. Sounds like a shitty club. Life is too short. Load up on love. Start a GoFundMe or something. Is it racist when I do that voice? Yes. Oh, well. <laughs> ghost Expert asks, who helped Kiara escape Sing? The ghost of Jimmy Portis. <laughs> the ghost of Jimmy No, I think Portis. it's the Pogues, obviously. They're literally like on their way to save her. There's no way that some other schmuck swoops in. I think it's technically Rafe, I think is the answer they're looking uh, here. I think that Rafe and her come up with a plan to escape, but it's mainly for his benefit that he's helping, but I think that they escape together, and that's who helped her escape. Mm. Next question from Ghost Expert. Who helped Big John and John B. reunite? I mean, I think it's Limbry. Because, like, that was her whole shtick. Even complained about it. She's like, why haven't you talked to him yet? I think she just, like, hounds John enough until he actually does it. Yeah, I think it's got to be Limbry. She's the only person we've seen be in contact with Big John before he's held captive by Singh as well. So, like, if it's not her, I mean, maybe maybe the hot dog champ, Joey Chestnut? <laughs> like, just two guys and their love of Frankfurters. Nothing could keep them apart. Mm. <laughs> two guys and their love of Frankfurters. You're the worst. <laughs> Who helped Rafe get the cross back? That stupid motherfucker loses it at some point. How do you lose a giant golden cross? <laughs> what a gigantic tool Rafe is. He's such an idiot. I do think, though, that I think Ward is the one to help him once he's out of his coma. So, like, post-coma, but pre-hurting his leg. He's like, Rafe, you moron, let Papa handle it. And then he helps him get it back. I think it's the Pogues. And I think that this is how they end up repairing, kind of, sort of, or at least resolving the relationship that they have with the Cameron family and Ward and all that. And that's why Big Mike or whatever his name is. Barracuda Mike. Barracuda Mike. And and JJ asks him for a favor to borrow his truck to help get the cross back. Maybe. Next set of questions from Honey Buns of Oats. Which two Pogues get into an altercation after losing thousands of dollars of drugs? Why do the Pogues have drugs now? <laughs> there aren't any drugs in this. The drugs died in season one. Why? Good question. I mean, I guess JJ and John B because they're just always arguing. This was a difficult one. I think, though, that this ties to Barracuda Mike again because it looks like he might be running drugs in the finale. Now, we know JJ has to connect with him, so I think JJ is one of the two. Mm. When I hear altercation, I immediately think it was something physical, which means, to me, I think it was probably John B or Pope and not one of the females. I know like how not 2023 of me to assume gender identities. Yeah, but they also just put the two black people in a relationship, so. True. I think that John B has plenty to do this season, especially since the entire finale is basically him and Sarah. So I'm going to go with Pope to get him more screen time. So JJ and Pope, lock it in. Interesting. Interesting answer. Who created a plot to kill Hire on Ward? I don't understand this question. I think this is asking like who has a plot to kill Ward by hiring somebody to do it type deal. But if that is what the question is asking, I think it's Rafe. 
I think he gets all pouty when Ward takes oh. over to get the cross back. So Ward comes out of his coma and he's like, you're an idiot. You've messed all of this up. You're yeah. the fucking worst son in the world. I wish Sarah was here because you are terrible. Right. And Rafe's all mad about it. So I think he hires that his Creole drug dealer friend, Barry, to kill. Barry. Yeah, yep, Barry's back. Wow. Throwback. Yeah, that's an interesting thought. I think mostly, though, it's JJ because he just is zero zero percent trusting Ward ever in a million years. Also, maybe. I almost feel like that's why he's him and Key aren't even on the plane at the end because they refused to even be in his vicinity. Why? See, I, that I disagree with because like, if you were going to pay to have him killed, why wouldn't you just kill him yourself on a plane, drop his body over the ocean, and he'd never be found? I don't know, man. JJ's dumb. <laughs> Okay, maybe. Last question from blah, 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 LG. Who ends up saving Ward from being killed? The Noman. <laughs> I referenced this earlier, but I actually think it's Sarah. I think Sarah saves Ward. So if my thought process is right, one child plots to kill him, Rafe, and then his other child, who basically hates him, saves him. Like, you know you done fucked up when your life is just fully in the hands of your kid's and you're not like an 80-year-old being put in a nursing home. The moral of the show, though, I think, comes down to this, is like, because both dads are shitty. Ward's a shitty dad. Big John's a d- shitty dad. So I think, mm-hmm. like, no matter if you're rich or poor, your dad probably sucks. All the dads, dads are shitty creatures. and dead. Yeah, except me, obviously. Interesting. Interesting answer. And he gets shot in the leg by Barry. You think that was shot? Yep. I think mm. he gets shot in the leg by Barry, and then they're like, get on the plane, dork! And they pull him on the plane. Yeah, they yep. definitely you know, get him on the plane. Get him on the plane door. Yep. Get on the plane door. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, those are all our questions. I feel confident that we didn't find the treasure, but we had fun along the way. I'm pretty confident about Rafe melting down the cross. <laughs> it's one I of the few that, we agreed on. Yeah. That had to have happened <laughs> for sure. But that is Outer Banks season three for the moment. No, it's not. Just kidding. The moment's over. Center counts. What do we rate this shit? <laughs> Uh, two. I'm going to give this a two out of seven. The plot is off the rails, guys. It's off the rails. It turned into Treasure Hunt, and I don't like it. I just like it was supposed to be a like a teen drama, and instead it turned into this wild, ridiculous shit with magic now and bad CGI of planes crashing and these old, old teens. I, I don't know. I just... The writing in terms of dialogue isn't absolutely terrible. There's some spots that are not great, but like overall, it's not bad. It feels relatively normal. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like this. Pl- I can't get over this plot and how bad every decision these teens make are every single time. Yeah. It's just, it's gotten too big for its britches. Like it was good when it was just like the simple little hey, these kids are on to maybe something a little bigger. But it's like now they're in other countries, like getting in magic shootouts. And it's just it's just too much. I gave it a three out of seven, which I I could easily be swayed to a two. I looked back to season two, just curiously, like what we gave it. And we both gave that a four out of seven. Yeah. And I think we probably would have given the first season probably like I would have given it probably a four or five myself. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I probably would have been around the same. So factually, this is the worst season of the three, hands down. Yeah, I think, you know, Rotten Tomatoes and even the audience score for Rotten Tomatoes does also mirror that story. It's just too, it's just too wild and ridiculous. How are six poor 17 year olds? traveling around the world and hunting down this gold 
Like, how is that possible? I mean, they hitched a ride on a free boat, and then they hitched a ride on a, a dude's plane. Yeah, but there's only a matter of time before you try and do that and someone kills you. Not if you have firecrackers, David. I guess. <laughs> if, I, I'd imagine that, like, there was a scene where JJ was, like, they were all packing to leave, and everyone was packing clothes <laughs> and, like, essentials, and JJ just packed a whole suitcase full of fireworks. <laughs> like, I got us, guys. Just a bunch of sparklers, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just so many lows this season. So I think a three is generous. Like some of the acting too feels very phoned in. A lot of the effects, like we talked about, beyond cheesy. But they make all of the adults foolishly horrible. Like every adult is a bad person. I am glad that they killed off Ward and Big John. Though who the heck knows? Like maybe they'll try to bring Ward back alive for the seventh time. Oh next my season. god! If they bring Ward back again, we didn't see him like die for sure. <sighs> god, if like. <laughs> You know, we don't watch the end of the credits, and I would wonder if there was some like weird, funky end of credit scene where we just yeah, see like, and you see his eyes open. Not even, not even that. Just like fing- a finger twitch or something, <laughs> and it's like, oh shit! Thank God that I actually am intrigued by like looking for lost cities of gold type stuff because this would have been like a one, maybe a two. This style show would be interesting to me yeah. if it wasn't a bunch of dumb outer banks teens yeah like the like the whole plot of like finding the gold and treasure hunts that led up to this ultimate kind of one is kind of an interesting storyline and how it all connected but it's just too much and too hard for me to believe that some teens from outer banks could do all of that yeah and if we think this season's bad, I am not. I don't know that I am on board to even cover the fourth season the fourth season's gonna be they're just going to be like pirate gold and wards again. So you don't have war. I mean, Rafe's going to somehow like put on a pirate cap and like go find find with a pirate ship. Like that sounds ridiculous. I think they had already signed up for fourth season before right. they saw how well this season mm-hmm. performed. So I wouldn't be surprised if they try and do a little bit of a pivot to figure out like, okay, that last season obviously didn't do well. So what do we need to change to like make this decent again? Yeah. I mean, because listen, Chase Stokes will be like 32 when the next season comes out playing an 18 to 19 year old just stop no you got to skip some years at least at least a few the actors and actresses are hot we get it yeah, I, I, mean, I just this yeah. season could have been executed much better but agreed what do we know that is our center counts we're sorry if you're the biggest fan in the world of this season and i mean judging off of the audience scores and stuff like that i think that big fans of this show probably also didn't enjoy this season as much as they have previous seasons yeah fair so i think they probably understand like where we're coming from yeah because our scores were higher on previous seasons. It's not like they we absolutely were. The show. So. I, I like uh, the first season I enjoyed. Well, that is Outer Banks season three for now, David. What do we have coming up next? Well, coming up next uh, for our regular episodes on April 12th, we are going to have an episode coming out that we're covering with your brother, Brian. Yes. He does all the music for the pod. You know them. You hear them. Now you get to hear his voice. And you're going to hear us cover a movie called Butt Boy. Oh, this is right up our alley, and I don't mean that. It's right up your alley one. specifically, because you are indeed a butt boy. Oh my god, am I a butt boy? You're the biggest butt boy. Yeah, I am very excited to cover Butt Boy with my brother. I don't think this movie's gonna be what you want it to be. I don't think I think they're gonna be more man butts than than lady butts, and that's a travesty. I think but, so. But uh that's what we're doing. I'm excited for that. Gonna be an interesting one. And for our patrons, as we said in the center commercial, 
We're going to be doing Ask Me Anything. They uh, sent along questions, and our next episode for our patrons is going to be that center chat where we uh, answer some random would-we-rather questions. Yep, they asked them, and maybe if it's really great, maybe we'll even share with the Rego listeners so you can see what our patrons help us create. Yeah, maybe we will. But David, we've covered the show here today. We appreciate if you've stayed and listened. We've listed what we're going to do next. I think it's time to just go home and find the treasure that really matters love and peanut butter like the void that needs to be filled for every dead dad in the obx it's always better in the center (laughs) 